Advanced Principles Podcast, or app, was created to be an outlet for like-minded individuals to share in the broader conversations on leadership, retail market updates, and incredible personal success stories. On app, you will hear a collection of stories from the titans of the retail industry, as well as thought and practice leaders covering the spectrum of the economy. Please click the subscribe button and look for the newest episodes to be released. Not very many people get to say that they made it to the big leagues or to, to play professional sports. Things aren't as daunting because you saw it on the highest level in the, in the world. How much are you going to hinder their overall athletic performance? So what was it like growing up the son of a Cleveland Brown? Kellen Pagel is a certified fitness professional, fitness nutrition specialist, husband and father living in Cleveland, Ohio. Along with his wife, Tessa, they own the Orange Theory Fitness Studio in Strongsville, Ohio, and Surefire Wellness, a nutrition and supplement company. Kellen's mission is to create a healthier, happier world from the inside out and envisions a world where we all exercise regularly, eat healthy, live longer, and treat others better than we want to be treated. As a former two-sport Division I athlete, Kellen spends his time managing his businesses, working out, being outside, reading self-help books, and looks forward to traveling more in the near future. All right, so today we have Kellen and uh, a fantastic bio, great history. I'm excited to dive into not only your childhood, but your uh, collegiate career, as well as your professional journey into what you're doing now. So welcome, Kellen. Thanks for being a guest on AMP. Well, thank you, Ryan, very much. Super excited to be a part of this and looking forward to it. Yeah, me as well. Me as well. So I've gotten to know you a little bit over the last four years, uh, mostly when you're yelling at me to speed up or go faster or push harder. So I'm excited to get to know you a little bit outside of uh, uh, the uh, the gym class there as well. So um, let's get right into it. Okay. Yeah, let's Perfect. do it. Good. All right. So give us a little bit of background on yourself, um, kind of your, where you're from, your childhood. Uh, I know you had some strong athletic background and upbringing, um, and then kind of just a glimpse into your professional journey, which we'll dive into a lot more later on here. Okay. So I grew up in Northeast Ohio. Uh, my, my father, Mike, was born in Arizona, grew up there, was actually one of five boys. Uh, all five were, were athletes as well. My, my father ended up playing professional football for, for a number of years, met my mom uh, in Indianapolis. She was actually a, a cheerleader with the Colts. And he was, he was drafted by them to play quarterback for them. So they met, he got traded to Cleveland. And then that's where I was born and raised. I grew up in Strongsville, went to Strongsville High School, played football, basketball, and baseball all through high school. And pretty much my whole life, I've always been athletics. I ended up going to University of Massachusetts and played football there. And I ended up playing a couple of seasons of baseball as well. And then after that, got into coaching, coaching uh, college football for a little bit, got into to training as well, and then kind of led us to kind of where we are today uh, with being more of a, a personal trainer coach type of role as well. Wow, very cool. So pretty expansive background. So your mom and dad are kind of the, the true American love story, quarterback, cheerleader. Normally that happens in high school, though, not the professional rank. So what a cool story. Yeah, no, it was. It was kind of like a movie growing up, yeah. I, guess I would say. So. No kidding. Somebody should create a feature film out of all that. That is just uh, fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So uh, you mentioned that your dad was drafted by the Colts and then eventually traded, I would assume, to Cleveland or free agency. So what was it like growing? I mean, Cleveland 
is I haven't been here all that long, uh, and I've been a part of some great football uh, cities and states. I lived in uh, Wisconsin, obviously the background and the Packers, yep. oh, yeah. um, Chiefs down in Kansas City. That's a huge, you know, Chiefs Nation, Chiefs Kingdom. Um, I was in Denver when they won their most recent Super Bowl. So I've been around, so, and I was in Chicago when the Bears won their Super Bowl back in 85, 86. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you what, Cleveland Brown fans are loyalists and yeah. to put up with what they've put up with over the years. So what was it like growing up the son of a Cleveland Brown? It was something that, you know, when I was growing up, I used it as a little bit of my own personal motivation. And the reason why, Ryan, is is that I grew up with, with so many people telling me, you know, playing the same position, the same sport as my, as my dad, that I won't be as good as him, or that sometimes I'm getting a little extra privilege because of, the, of my name, different things like that. So I used it as my own personal motivation growing up to try and, and prove to everybody that I could be my own self. And I could be a, a quarterback that deserves to be there, not because of my name or what my father's done in the past and everything. But, you know, as I got older, I really start to realize and appreciate it more for what my father was able to accomplish and who he was and what he was able to do. And I think just with age, you know, I kind of able to realize what's a little bit more important, you know, kind of put ego aside for a little bit and just appreciate what it was that he was able to accomplish. And growing up in a, in a place like Cleveland is I still, to this day, I'll go out and somebody might recognize my name and, and ask, you know, are you wow. the son of Mike Pagel, different things like that which I, I, I do like it. I enjoy it, you know, just because it, it makes me feel very proud, you know, to, to be his son and, and to know that he was able to accomplish something that people are still talking about to this day. Yeah. Yeah. That is really cool. And any cool locker room stories? I'm sure that you had a lot of time around the other players, the facilities, the coaching staff, and I've always sat back and kind of wondered what it would be like to be in a kid thrust into that environment uh, I would certainly think that that helped you on the bigger stages of high school athletics and then on to, into the college career as well, where things aren't as daunting because you saw it on the highest level in the, in the world. Yeah, that was something that I, I love to be a part of. I was a little bit younger uh, when my, my dad was playing and then when he started to you know decide to retire and things like that, but I was still able to feel it. I can still to this day picture, uh, my dad ended up getting traded to out to LA to play with the Rams. And we have a, an awesome family photo. I still have it here. I should have grabbed it and showed you. That would be cool. Uh, but I remember being in the locker room specifically with the, the LA Rams and, and just seeing that and just feeling what it felt like to be a part of that team. And that was something that I knew I wanted to be a part of. So even from a young age, that was something that I, I, I was desiring to be a part of, you know, that team. And to be able to play at the highest level is something that not very many people get to say. And to be a part of it as a family member is something else not a lot of people get to experience. Yeah. So it was really cool growing up, uh, you know, just being able to feel that atmosphere, to experience it from the opposite side uh, versus a viewer on TV is something that, you know, I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a city like Cleveland, where the team is so loved and the fan base is so loyal. Uh, that's really, really cool. And, and you're a, a bit of a unique situation. Not only did you have a dad that played for the Browns, but I understand you had an uncle that played for the Indians, which yeah. this is as much a baseball town as it is a football town. And so you had kind of both dynamics and then you were a multi-sport athlete through high school and even college. So what would, what was that like? Yeah, definitely blessed uh, with genes. No doubt about that. Uh, my uncle Carl grew up playing baseball, played with the, the Cubs a little bit, and then also played here in Cleveland with the Indians. That same thing, you know, that's something that 
looking back on, I really appreciate what, you know, my, my, my father, my uncle were able to accomplish, you know, not very many people get to say that they made it to the big leagues or to, to play professional sports, to have two people, you know, in our family to be able to do so. You know, it just speaks highly of, of their physical ability, but also work ethic, you know, and that's something that going throughout life, I feel like is very important, whether you're business entrepreneurs, whether you're in anything, you know, athletics, that's uh, super important, you know, and I think that that's something that speaks high volumes of what they were able to do growing up and then instill in their, in their children as well. Yeah, yeah. We have a, a, a kind of a phrase and a motto in a book. That's our mantra here within our company. And it's talent alone is never enough. And yep. you can be the most talented individual in the world, but if you're also not one of the hardest workers, if not the hardest worker, it's a waste. You're it's just a wasting talent. So I think that that really with both your father, your uncle, and yourself, it, it, you were definitely blessed with some talent, but you also had the foresight to put in the work, to put in the hours, to put in the grind, to get to the levels that you all did. So uh, huge accomplishments, uh, just unbelievably cool. So were you a little bit torn during uh, uh, the 2016 World Series with the Cubs and the Indians there, or was it all Indians? I would like to say I was, but yeah, not really so much. It was really all Indians, you know, unfortunately. Yep. Um, doesn't always pan out the way that you hope. Yeah, yeah. Still one of the greatest World Series that I certainly remember. That was just phenomenal coming down to the end of game seven. Um, that was exceptional. And I, I was, I had just moved to Cleveland or made a commitment to move to Cleveland. And I did spend several years in the Chicagoland area when I was growing up and, and we went to a lot of games at Wrigley. Uh, so I was a little bit torn, but I was definitely on the rooting side for the Indians and uh, was disappointed that they didn't end up pulling it off, but hopefully uh, here soon. Yes, exactly. It was cool to be a part of the, you know, with the basketball championship, that celebration, that parade, I believe you, you probably just missed that. Yep. Um, so it would have been nice to, for you to be able to experience that in Cleveland with the Indians, but uh, hopefully in the near future. Yeah, yeah, very cool. So you were obviously a standout football player and, and athlete. So one question that I have, and, and having raised children, a lot of people that are raising children right now, you know, the multi-sport athlete is kind of a diminishing asset um, with these hyper-focused student athletes nowadays. As early as age seven, eight, and nine, they're being influenced by their coaches and their parents to choose a sport, choose a sport, choose a sport. What kind of benefit do you think you gained by playing all three sports all through high school and even dual sport athlete into college? You know, that's a great question, Ryan. That's one that my wife and I actually always talk about. You know, she was a college athlete as well. And we had our first daughter. Uh, she's almost nine months. So we have a second one coming in, in the next couple of months. And that's something we talk about all the time. You know, you do read about how people are getting sports specific younger and younger and younger to, to fully develop as much skill and talent within that one sport as possible. In theory, makes perfect sense, you know, but what I worry about is, is how much are you going to hinder their overall athletic performance? And then how much are you going to potentially drive them to become a little bit burnt out of mm -hmm. one specific sport? And what I mean by that is in, in football, you know, you, you focus on very specific types of, of movements and lifts that may not always translate to somebody who's playing baseball, whereas football, you know, you're trying to become as strong, as powerful as possible, really good at, at you know, moving in multiple directions and different things. Where baseball, you may be a little bit more hand-eye coordination, you know, focusing on being a little bit more finesse, certain, very sport and technique specific when you're talking about hitting a baseball. 
Um, so there's different things I think that will help evolve a young, young athlete overall. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about running in general is great for obviously cardiovascular endurance. Uh, so a sport like soccer in the off season, you know, can help improve their cardio cardiovascular endurance, which would translate onto a basketball court. You know, they're going to be able to run and, and keep up through those four quarters. Um, but then you, you might say, well, if somebody is only playing basketball, maybe their, their handling or their shooting could be a little bit more developed. So I think, you know, for us, I think it's about just having them enjoy whatever it is that they're doing, especially at a young age. I think if they're being active, they're learning about competition and they're, they're forcing themselves to grow, you know, whether it be physically or, or mentally, emotionally, I think that's really the most important for, for youngsters. I think also being able to learn how to deal with winning and losing, you know, in a, in a good type mm -hmm. of way, obviously you don't, you don't want to encourage losing by any means, at least we don't in our family. <laughs> um, but at the same time, you have to understand like there's nobody's perfect. You know, there's not, there's never, to my knowledge, there's never been anybody that's never lost anything ever in their life. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe there, there probably will be. So I think, you know, getting out there, forcing themselves to try different things, continue to be active. I think it was very important. Yeah, it's just, that's great advice. I, I, I almost want to take that and then carve that out to all the expecting, parent, expecting parents and parents that are now getting their kids into athletics. So they just listened to that. Um, I've witnessed it all too often that it becomes much more about the parents journey or missed opportunities from their childhood than it is actually about the kid and having that passion and having that internal motivation to go out and put in the hours like you did when you were a kid um, to get better and continue to improve. So uh, it's very, very well said. We're really well done. So into college. So how did um, obviously a standout athlete in high school here in Strongsville and how did you uh, what was that college recruiting process like? And, and how did you choose UMass? How difficult of a decision was that? How difficult of a decision was it to pare it down to one sport and then eventually, you know, get into both sports into the college level? So I, my recruiting situation was a little bit different. So I, uh, I was playing football my junior in high school and I ended up uh, fracturing and dislocating my thumb. So I was in a cast for 10 weeks. So I missed my entire junior season. So going into my senior year, I really had not, I had never started a varsity game in football. Uh, so with that, I kind of started a little bit delayed in the overall recruiting process. And you talk about kids starting to develop at a younger, younger, younger age. Guys are getting recruited now in, in eighth grade mm -hmm. for colleges, you know, yep. and, and um, which to me, it seems wild, you know, because I feel like when a sophomore got offered a scholarship, it was, it was a huge deal. And now it's freshmen, now it's eighth graders and, and even below that. So wasn't really recruited at all uh, until I started playing my senior year. That was the first senior year was the first time I'd started a varsity football game. And it, it started off, you know, things were going well. We had a, a great team, great coaching staff. I uh, actually ended up one of the best seasons in school history, uh, which oh, wow. was pretty, pretty cool to be a part of. Um, so then it, it started to evolve in, in terms of recruiting started with some of the smaller schools that were coming in local schools. And then, you know, I feel like as our team started to excel more and more coaches started making their way in to recruit players at our, at our team. And then I ended up also playing baseball. Baseball was a sport that I had started in my junior year and senior year. So I had a little bit more exposure as well. So out of high school, 
I actually had technically more division one offers to play baseball than I did for football. Oh, wow. And I had taken visits to go to a couple schools. Uh, Cleveland state was one Ohio university was another for baseball specifically. And that was, I was torn back and forth, you know, which one I wanted to do uh, at the college level and which one I felt like I wanted to try and, and continue to play beyond college if I had the, the opportunity. So that was a decision that I had a lot of long conversations with my family and, and very close friends and a lot of self-reflecting as well. So ultimately, right, I ended up actually taking a preferred walk-on position at Bowling Green State University. And the reason why is because they came and talked to me in March of my senior year. At that point, a lot of, or all of their scholarships for the, the fall were already used and taken. They told me that the next year I would be awarded a, a full scholarship, which I was. Um, but then after that point, I decided that I, I wanted to, to transfer for another opportunity. So I actually transferred to the University of Massachusetts. And when I transferred there at the time, they were a one double A program. So okay. it was going from a one A program to a one double A, which is kind of like a small, very small steps down. You still have eligibility to play right away. And that was the reason for that move. Oddly enough, the next year, UMass football was going up into the 1A MAC division, which is what I was previously in as well. So I uh, ended up when I decided I was going to transfer, there was, there's a number of schools that had reached out, you know, narrowing it down helped because it had to be a one, one AA program to remain eligible for that. Uh, and then UMass was a school that had tremendous history, you know, in 98, they won the national championship and they've had a couple great runs since then and that was a, a school that I went to visit and I really loved you know it reminded me up in New England is beautiful especially during the fall it reminded mm -hmm. me a lot of, of where I was from here in Northeast Ohio so that was an opportunity that I was very excited about you know we had a great coaching staff great program you know great academics there at, at, at UMass so that's kind of how I ended up all the way out east yeah, yeah, very cool. And did you did you enjoy the New England area as much as you thought you would? Actually, I, I enjoyed it more. Okay. And I wasn't sure you hear about New England winters, but being in Northeast Ohio, we get a lot of lake snow <laughs> as well. Mm -hmm. So you still get a lot of, of that bitter winter, you know, the, the snow that's coming down sideways and everything. Yeah. Uh, so that was one aspect that I was kind of accustomed to. But I really enjoyed, you know, we spent summer out there with football and different things like that, staying on campus. I enjoyed the summers. I uh, got out to the, the beach a little bit, which was pretty cool. Going out to the ocean versus, you know, being in Lake Erie, which is a, is a great, you know, great lake, obviously. Yeah. Uh, being able to go to the ocean was something that we didn't experience a whole lot being here in, in Northeast Ohio. So that was really cool to be there. And, and then, oddly enough, my best friend was actually playing at Boston College. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a kicker for them. And uh, so we, we got together a lot. It was about 90 miles apart. So we would see each other pretty regularly, too. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So all those years, by the way, I think, you know, as a 17, 18, 19 year old to face those decisions, where are you going to go, who you're going to play for, what sport you're going to play. I think it's difficult uh, and hard to, you know, view kids going through that, but great life lessons learned. Like you said, self-reflection, the internal aspect of it, um, um, being able to read kind of the situation and all that. I, I, I'm sure that's 
lended itself to some of your professional success that you're now doing. So between that and then all of those years of experience in the locker room, working with coaches, other players, coaching other players up on the field, certainly in a quarterback type position, what lessons from the field and the locker room have you now successfully transferred into the business world? Oh, yeah. Where to start with that? One? <laughs> you know, there, there's so many. And that's what I love about sports and athletics is no matter what level you're at, you are, you are forced to learn so many different things, communication, you know, which is, is very, very important. Even if you're working on an individual type of sport, like, like tennis, you still need to be able to communicate. You know, if you have trainers or different people that you're working with coaches that are going to help be able to communicate. And with that communication, I think comes an ability to, to be taught, you know, to be coachable. You know, I think that, there's like we talked about earlier, there's talent out there, you know, there's people that work hard, but if you're not able to, to take what's given to you and figure out how you can use it to better your own individual ability, then I feel like that's an aspect of, of life that really will help carry you further if you can do those things, mm -hmm. right? So communication is huge. Being able to take what's given to you and figure out how to use it to kind of better yourself is very important. We talked a little bit about being able to, to handle adversity or losing when things aren't going quite your way or the way that you had hoped they would is being able to kind of adapt and overcome, right? So if, if things in life or in sports knock you down, you know, picking yourself up, knowing that it's okay to get down, pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep moving forward. You know, that's yeah. one of those, those, those things about life that I feel like no matter who you are, or which level you get to, you're still going to have to deal with. And then on top of that is if you climb the ranks in athletics, you know, you, you tend to put yourself out there a little bit, you know, you're kind of in a spotlight, not like kids are today, you know, talking about college athletes getting, getting paid and things like that. Oh I, yeah. absolutely. What that's going to be like but <laughs> being able to kind of take criticism, right? So uh, if you put yourself out there, you know, being able to, to kind of take criticism, but again, to, to realize that, you are not what anybody says you are, you know, but you are actually who you decide to be. And you know, internally, whether you're doing things the way that you feel you should that line up your morals and values and different things like that. So there's just so many different things, you know, in, in, in leadership aspects as well, being able to help pick people up around you. You know, I, I read in one of these books, um, forget the title of it. It was a great one though, but it basically was talking about how leadership is not any amount of letters or anything that comes after your name, but rather it's about that individual being able to help pick people up around them to get them bought into a very specific goal and help produce those results for everybody. You know, and that's yeah. something that I feel like in sports, you learn to do that just about every day. Yeah, and at a very young age, and it just becomes part of who you are, your internal fabric of being. Um, that's great stuff. And and as somebody, I, I've been very fortunate to, to lead people throughout my professional career, lead leaders, and I love having athletes on my team, uh, people that played sports at any level. It was high school, college, professionally, because there's so many internal motivating factors there. Um, generally, they're hyper-competitive, which in a production-based world, that helps. Um, but also, all the adversity. You can deal with anyone at any time, and situations don't disrupt your, your flow and your rhythm. Um, and I think a lot of the things that you said just about how to communicate as well, 
I don't think I've ever been able to articulate it that well, but you're exactly right. You have to be able to communicate with what you're feeling, what you're dealing with, what you're going through. Communicating injuries is just a big aspect of it, which that to me immediately translated to how do you communicate that you're struggling to close a deal or get a presentation or make an impact in another individual's life. I think that that is so well said and, and, and that's definitely a lesson that I'll take away. I think that that's awesome. So you obviously, you know, the athlete never lose the, loses the competitive spirit. They just find different outlets for it. Yes. So what are some of the current outlets that you have to fuel your competitive spirit? Oh, man, there's, there's a number of them, you know, some <laughs> of them smaller, some of them larger. One thing that my wife and I have always been competitive with each other and just overall is health and wellness and fitness. You know, I think we, we help motivate each other to be competitive with ourselves which is something that it's not always easy to kind of turn that, you know, I think it's, it's very oftentimes easier to kind of look outwards and compare yourself to what other people are doing. But I think it's really more important to be able to turn inside and, and compare and compete against yourself and truly become the best person that you can. So with working out, you know, there's times where you feel great and you're working out consistently numerous times per week and you're constantly getting stronger, getting faster, getting leaner, whatever your goals are. Then there's other times, like we talk about adversity kind of strikes and then you, you find yourself falling down a little bit, but competing to continue to stay up with yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, that's something that, you know, on a daily basis, I like to compete with. And now, you know, times have changed for ourselves a little bit as well. We've grown a family. Uh, I'm personally am excited to compete, to become the best father that I can. You know, I think that's something that growing up, I kind of thought about a little bit. But then now, once, you know, having, having children really kind of changes your world. And so yeah. being able to focus now to compete with myself, to become the best father, you know, to become the best figure and, and ultimately, a, a, hopefully a role model uh, for, for children growing up is something that, you know, it's very fun. And then lastly, it's just business-wise, you know, being able to compete, you know, where we are a couple of years from now, we want to compete and be, you know, bigger, stronger, whatever it is. Uh, years down the road. So I, there's a couple different avenues that we'd like to compete on. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's good. That's good. So speaking of business, why don't you get us, what, what are you currently involved in? What, uh, uh, what do you and, and your wife, Tessa have going on and, and what are you guys uh, going after? So we're with health and wellness, you know, that's what we do. That's who we are. You know, that's something that we're always been super passionate about. You know, that's why, you know, growing up both as athletes going into the health and fitness industry, you know, with, running an orange, orange theory fitness. Uh, and then also we, we decided to create our own supplement line. And again, it all kind of aligns with who we are as individuals and what we believe in. So we created a couple different health and wellness products. We have a green superfood formula. Um, we have, you know, just mental focus formulas as well. And those are products that we're passionate about. And also we kind of really like that whole process of being able to create a brand and being able to create products to service the market, to enhance their life, you know, whether it be mentally, physically, uh, overall health and wellness, different things like that. That's something that we're always looking to improve on, always looking to expand on. You know, if we are going to continue to expand, it's going to be within this industry. You know, we're really passionate also with, with anti-aging and different things like that and kind of looking forward to do a little bit of, of pre preventative maintenance per se. So things that will help uh, with that aging process is things that we're very excited about and, and always kind of looking into as well. Hey, everybody. This is Michael from ADS. 
I know I enjoyed listening to Kellen's stories about growing up with a professional athlete as a parent. I'm assuming you did as well. I hope that all parents listen to his advice on youth athletes and how to prepare for different sports. Next week, we speak with Kellen on how to better oneself from eating to fitness and mindset. App is available through Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and our website. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified of the latest episodes. 